Welcome back to The Vibe, guys. Today we have Ty Adaya from Habit Skin on The Vibe. Habit is a skin brand that believes your skin is a number one investment, and I totally agree with that statement. Their mission is to prevent anti-aging, and in that, I love that they brought awareness to SPF. I, I obviously did my stocking on this product, and it's a must, and I personally feel silly for not knowing about it sooner. Ty, I would love to dig into all of this, but first, I would love if you could introduce yourself. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really excited to be here. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm Ty Adaya. I'm the founder of Habit. Um, we started this brand during the pandemic in June of 2020. I'd been working on it for a while beforehand. Um, we launched during the pandemic and we are all about making good investments for your skin. And central to that is the use of SPF. Um, I'm happy to tell you all about our brand, how we think about SPF skin, the skincare space in general. Um, but yeah, I am uh, live in New York. I'm from Houston, Texas. Um, have spent my adult life bouncing around between California and New York, um, and so I have a pretty good uh, lay of the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I Prior to starting Habit, have spent a lot of time um, in e-commerce, um, particularly against consumer brands, and have had experience um, and have been lucky to work with brands across the beauty, wellness, and healthcare space. Um, and so I, I really, with Habit, am taking my love of healthcare and my love of beauty and really combining them into Habit. Um, and yeah, i happy to be here and talk about habit. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to be totally honest with you. And as we were talking about, I'm from Colombia, and I've spent a lot of my time on islands and whatnot. Um, but I truly didn't care about SPF until like five years ago. And I went to the university of Arizona and just roasted, like roasted. And you know, I bring this up because I feel as though, and that was 10 years ago that I went to college. I feel as though back then, if I'm saying back then, back then, all there was was, um, you know, super white gooey sunscreen or you had your oils. And for me, I was like, hmm, backing away from like the pastiness and I'm going to just get super tan. And I found that there was never a happy medium. And I don't think anyone around me felt that there was a happy medium. And I felt it was really important to bring just that little story up because I went to school with hundreds of people who definitely did not wear sunscreen. And I think, you know, if we had had a product like Habit where it meshes in with your skin routine, it go, it's it's something that's an additive, you know? It's not something that is that is like, you know, a lipstick that's covering you up. It's not like something that covers you up. It's something that meshes. And I wanted to start off just with that because I had to be honest that I didn't wear sunscreen for such a long time. Now I wear it every single day. It's part of my life. It's part of my routine. But I wanted to know, when did you realize that there was something lacking in the SPF skincare uh, regimen and routine? Because as I said, 10 years ago, it was either that like white bottle and white 50 per like 50 plus, or you had your Hawaiian tropics oil, you know, and that was really yeah. it. Okay, so there's so much to unpack here. Let's go for it. I <laughs> love it. Like, I, I will say too, I, and I admit this, um, and I want everyone to learn from my mistakes too. I didn't wear sunscreen 
growing up. Um, I am half Mexican, half Indian. I have olive skin tone. I was always kind of communicated or told that because I was olive skin tone, I did not need sunscreen. Um, and so I would go to the beach and I would not wear sunscreen because I didn't really burn. Occasionally I burned, but mostly I just tanned and I, I really felt that my, uh, my skin could take it. And I would That's literally how I felt. I was like, mm, nothing's bad happening. So like, I'm good. <laughs> um, at the same time, I've always been, so I'm 31. I have been, I think since, you know, I can remember being in my teens, I've really cared about my skin, yeah. um, particularly aging. And so I have a very, like, this is kind of probably the origin, deep seed of habit. Um, I remember having a conversation with my two best friends in college. We were sophomores and we started talking about Botox um, and particularly preventative Botox. And I think like even back then we knew that we would grow up to be the type of women that cared about maintaining their skin. Yeah. And so we're 19. Um, our first thought with anti-aging was really to go to Botox and we made a little pact that we would start preventative Botox when we were 25 and check in on each other. That's like, no honestly the funniest pact I've ever heard. Like you hear about way different packs. You're like Botox pack. <laughs> And, and like looking back now, you know, we were like probably like a little bit immature 19 year olds, totally. like kind of, you know, exposed to a lot of things. Um, but yeah, like we were talking about Botox back then. I think like it was kind of new that you would talk about it in a younger sense. Um, but that for me, like really was a moment where I was like, oh, like um, even young women that are teenagers, like they care about aging. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so much of a cultural fear um, that we start thinking about it so young. Um, and so that like, for me was a big catalyst. Like I really approached sunscreen from the skin aging side. I started doing preventative Botox when I was 27. Um, I did like three treatments in my forehead, primarily like the middle of my forehead. Um, checked in with my friends just to tell them that I was going to be like, so, uh, it's going on girls. <laughs> a couple years late, but I did it. And like, I ended up spending a thousand, I think $1,200 on Botox over the course of three or four treatments, like tiny amounts in my forehead, like probably 12 to 14 units, like not that much. Um, but at the time it was like, oh, I'm like spending a lot into skin aging yeah. and like I might not be calling it directly skin aging but that is the purpose for me I'm trying to prevent wrinkles right. from forming on the face and so that for me really started to like write a thousand dollars when you're 27 like to me that was a lot I started to just a thousand dollars at any point in your life is still a lot of money <laughs> yeah I really want to understand what I'm doing here um and like kind of why I'm doing it and if this really works and so I started just researching anti-aging um, and I actually started uh, with the National Institutes of Health, um, which is like the federally funded, like, we just have a lot of ton, a ton of great research. It is free to the public. If you're a taxpayer, you've paid for it. I honestly just started researching there um, and particularly researching aging, skin aging. Um, and so I started just like reading in my spare time and I kept coming back to the idea or kept coming back to sunscreen. Um, and that was step one. And, and then I like was like, oh, there's like something here. I had a little bit of the background in health. And so I kept seeing patterns where I saw that SPF like 
out in the world gets talked about either as this beach kind of Hawaiian tropic copper tone. Exactly. Stuff. It's it's like literally only like three things. That's it. Yeah. Palm tree mo- in the ads, motifs. Um, or it gets kind of lumped into a beauty product. So it gets like tinted moisturizer. One of those, yeah, foundation. And so I was like, but, you know, I see that that's how it's like out there in the world. But I'm reading this kind of like really like science proven research. And I I kept noticing these like health patterns where I was like, oh, it's kind of like actually a healthcare category, but just hasn't really been commercialized that way. Um, And so that really was like my origin. I was not meaning to really redesign or rethink sunscreen. I really kind of came at it from that anti-aging angle, which I think is why Habit as a brand is very different and like kind of came out the way that it does because I really am like trying to solve for what's the number one preventative way to prevent skin aging. And that does happen to be sunscreen. Um, And so, um, yeah, I was just like super excited. And I I think just given that uh, I had that background in both health and beauty, I thought that I could really take a different uh, approach to the category and really kind of put my own, uh, my own spin on it. Perfect. Well, I did a little bit of stalking. I usually don't try to stalk people too hard before because I like to be stumped. But I figured this was a perfect way for you to talk about how it got really out into the world. So Vogue and the Zoe Report, which I've worked for the Zoe Report, love them, love you guys if you're listening, have claimed that this is the beauty brand making sunscreen a daily, no exceptions, easy to, easy to apply over makeup, um, avoiding skin cancer, hyperpigmentation, and unwanted skin issues. As I go on their website, everything is sold out. So obviously this is something that we should all have clearly. So what I really would love to know deep down was what made you not only want SPF to be something people remember always to use, but also you were so smart in the way you marketed this to these types of brands that are constantly using products and products and products and knowing that, oh, I can mix any product in with this. And I thought that that was so brilliant of you because, you know, I'm not going to name any other any other uh, sunscreens out there, but they don't do an amazing job of saying, oh, this is it can be incorporated into whatever you already use. And I'm sure they can be, but what you did was really, really miraculous. And even reading by huge publications, and that was something that I put in here, is that you had really major publications talk about this and say that this is like the it, like the it must have. And like, I'm a big Rachel Zoe like follower. Like I listen to that woman through and through Vogue. Sign me up, 73 questions, watch all of them. So when I read that, I was like, okay, I knew you were awesome before, but then I was like, but this marketing and how she did this was even smarter because what, especially females, and most females, I think, influence men, (laughs) what females don't look at Vogue or don't check out the Zoe Report or don't read these publications. So what I wanted to ask you was, you know, in these huge publications to say such revolutionary words about your products. And I only summarize them. Um, I didn't give too much. I wanted you to tell us about your own personal passion with this product. And you can go into health, you can go into everything. Like this is like your moment to like, let that baby shine through. Tell us everything that went along with it. (laughs) 
Um, so I will say this, like, I do think we've had such a strong start with our number 41 mister. Um, but there will be more products coming. <laughs> I literally wanted to order it. And I was like, well, I, <laughs> we've been I sold out. Yeah. We which is amazing. And I'm products. so proud of you. So yeah, we've like, we're still a small company, you know, like I think ramping, uh, during COVID has just been tough. And there's like a lot of challenges just with like getting physical things made right totally. now. Um, but yeah, like I really, like, I don't know, I, there's no clean process for how I thought of the mister. I think I just, you know, was doing all this research on anti-aging, um, realized that I did not, I, I was personally like not satisfied with what I saw in the sunscreen market. So like yeah. kind of had the process of like, okay, well, I care about anti-aging. I'm going to wear sunscreen. And then like started on this journey of trying different products. Um, and like for me, I just felt like there was not options that I felt were nice <laughs> or um, represented like. Like represent I, like what we use like as our makeup, like what, like the same, yeah. that same quality. And yeah, that's why I mentioned like Vogue like and Zoe Report because like they use high quality products on not set or whatever. Be seen with, I guess. Like, no, a hundred percent. Like products that I would want to like take and put in my bag and like have with me throughout the day. Um, so I think that was kind of like, oh, well, there's just like no one's like thinking about it this way. And then with the mist, like in particular, it's like a little bit stems from just like ease of use and like a little bit of laziness, right? Like I wanted to create something that felt really easy to use. Sunscreen. Um, is so important. I think that we're actually just in the beginning of like kind of seeing how it's going to rise in skincare. Um, but I just wanted to like create something that was easy to use and like eliminated that barrier. So I think that like with Americans in particular, <laughs> um, we're at a place where a lot of people understand the importance of SPF. Um, and I think like I would even go as far as to say that they understand the importance. We understand the importance of it as a daily use product. Absolutely. But when you go back and look at the behavior of what people are actually doing, um, a lot of people are not wearing sunscreen daily. It's about 10% of Americans that'll use it daily. Um, but many more know that they should be. And so with the mist, I really was thinking about just eliminating those excuses and eliminating those barriers mm -hmm. and, people hopefully a nice option to be able to just like easily apply um it's great for applying over makeup mm -hmm. uh, that was important to me I think this kind of like came out during the pandemic but like you can apply without directly touching your face well, I don't know if you I'm, I'm like a big I don't even wear makeup but I love watching Vogue makeup tutorials and I will be honest with you like Hailey Bieber, ev like everyone who's showing their makeup routines, they all put s. They all like at the before they put their makeup on, put like a a a, a dollop of SPF and like that's one thing I fully. I don't do do my makeup, but when I do, even if it's at nighttime, I'm like, okay, sunscreen on hands, sunscreen on neck. This needs to be even if it's even if it's as a primer. And I think that I'm so glad that girls like Hailey Bieber and whatnot and even Vogue are showing that that's part of their like everyday routine yes exactly and it, it's relatively new <laughs> we like understand this totally like, um, yeah like we did not really understand uva in particular's effect on skin aging until really recently in the arc of history i think it's about 30 years ago 
that we understand that. And so like, it's still pretty new, like technology in a sense, even though it is like a, a, like a product that you're putting on your face, but it's still new technology in that sense that it actually is like active. It's actually something. Um, and yeah, I think we're like just starting to see the, uh, inflection point with SPF where people like, yeah, kind of that old dynamic of like beach product or beauty product. Um, but I think the dynamic is changing and people are understanding that this is different than other skincare products. Um, and that there's like a really, really compelling health reason to use it daily. Um, but yeah, I do think also like our customers, I would say like range in age. Um, but one thing that I've been especially happy about is how many young women we've attracted to the brand. Um, just because SPF is useful at any age, but it is so much better when it's preventative. And Absolutely. so, um, the younger you start, the better. <laughs> I'm so jealous of these like young ones who are going to look like they're 24 forever. Yeah. <laughs> As I was like roasting with like a, with like a tinfoil sheet, hoping to get all of the color in the world. <laughs> I really regret the days that I spent on the beach without sunscreen. Like really, really regret them now. Yeah. Um, 80% of external skin aging is caused by UV exposure. And so, yeah, like critical is, protecting as a child, protecting as a teen, obviously like whatever age you are start. Totally. (laughs) Totally. But, uh, it's even more powerful because the problems with skin just compound over time. And so it's better to prevent than have to go back and fix problems. Totally. And was there ever like a personal, like, I know you and I were just talking, but like, was there ever a personal story that like you were like catapulted into this direction? Like, I'm not going to lie right now, and I wasn't even going to talk about this, but I guess I will. I totally went fake tanning when I was in high school. Like, I totally did, and if I were to ever have a daughter, I would be like, fuck, no, you are not going. There's absolutely no way, but you know what? I look at that timing, and I'm very regretful of that. I totally am. Uh, It was also the cool thing to do, which also just sucks. Um, But, you know, I feel like if that, if this, let's pretend I was in your shoes, I feel like that would be my story. Like, that would be, I would be like, I was that girl who you would be like, what is wrong with you? Did you go to, like, five tanning salons in one day? Like, and, and I even feel nervous talking about this now, but I feel like so many people were, did do that. And I feel like there had to have been, like, just, I'm just curious, was there, like, a story that you can pinpoint in your life, besides that Botox moment, that you were like, okay, I'm, anything that I was doing before, I just had my aha moment because I remembered XYZ in my life. Like, for me, I know that that, I, I truly wholeheartedly regret tanning and tanning salons. Like, that was a stupid time for me. (laughs) You just didn't know. And I think that is, like, part of it, right? Like, sometimes we just don't know. We constantly get better about our understanding of like health and skin and how these things interact there's still so many things we don't know (laughs) that we're going to discover um so yeah the the moment like from a kind of consumer perspective the 19 year old me talking about anti-aging was a big moment just because I was like this culturally is something that is going on um and then the Botox moment was big yeah I mean I definitely wasn't thinking about 
I mean, at 19, I was in at the University of Arizona thinking, oh, I'm not going to use sunscreen because I'm not using copper tone 50 plus SPF. <laughs> like, <laughs> something that you kind of like see, like, I guess with like wisdom as like time passes, it's like you feel like a lot of anxiety about things when you're younger and then you're like, oh, why was I anxious? And then I think the next step is like, why was I even asking those questions? Right. <laughs> um, How so deep of you of, to be like, why was I curious about SPF? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, just like, why was I like, should, right? Like, should we live in a society where teenage women are worried about skin aging because they think that no one's going to love them if they have wrinkles? You know, like that's right. kind of a thing that I don't like about society. Um, so yeah, that was a big moment. And then I, for me, like starting a business, I, it was a bunch of little moments. Like I'm very entrepreneurial. I've always had some form of side hustle um, <laughs> throughout my adult life. Like even when I was, uh, you know, working for someone else, always had a side hustle. Um, and I, in particular, like just like throughout my career have always, um, worked for companies that are run or owned by men. (laughs) And so I really felt compelled to start this business because I do think that even when you look at beauty, like the beauty industry, it is still very much male dominated when you look at who owns companies, who's like the kind of ultimate decision maker. And I do think that is like kind of tying it back. Like, I do think that is why we've ended up with a dynamic where, um, a lot of like anti-aging companies, like the old school ones made women feel bad for looking old and then like kind of turned around and like sold them things that didn't work. Yeah. And all of that. Um, and it's partially because it's like, well, it's just a bunch of men that own these companies and they can kind of prey on women's fear. Totally. Um, for me, it was very important that habit, like, I don't know, in some ways I'm like, maybe it was destiny, but I feel like habit was going to exist. And I felt like I was meant to start it because a, a woman was meant to start it. I mean, really, I think like, you kind of started manifesting it at 19. <laughs> I probably did. Yeah. You probably, before you even knew what manifestation was, you were doing it. <laughs> but I just really felt that it was important to like have I I think like I love women owned companies in general and then I, I do think that we're at a time where it's like I want to see more women owning women are the primary owners or uh, consumers of personal care and beauty like Absolutely. they'll buy it for the household and so I do think that it makes good business sense that there are women at the highest levels of personal care and beauty companies. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that that dynamic does not exist right now. Um, and so, yeah, I, that was kind of a bunch of little moments. No, I love that. I didn't, I didn't mean to like put pressure on you. I was just like, when I think about myself and you know, when people say, why would you start a podcast? I'm like, well, I'll tell you a story about when I was 12 and I was like, I'm going to tell people about this, but there was no podcast. You know what I mean? So I just was like, there has to be moments in her life that, you know, really did manifest this and bring it to a bigger light. So I have a few questions for you and take your time answering all of them. But what is the toughest lesson you've learned thus far? And I know you started this during COVID, which is a tough time anyway. But besides COVID, COVID aside, what's been the toughest lesson you've learned thus far? Um, I think that when you start a business, it is very easy. And I still struggle with this. So mm-hmm. it's a learning process. 
But um, I think that it's important to like realize that like decision fatigue is real and like you have limited resources and you kind of need to take those resources and put them where they're going to drive the most value. So like, I feel like learning how to say no was really hard for me in the beginning. Um, Learning how to delegate like to a team um, was super tough for me, I think. Uh, And like, yeah, but then you just like realize that like you can't spread yourself too thin. Um, Running a business is definitely more marathon than race is one thing that I like to say. And like, it's true. Like if you, it's just like not good for business, right? Like if you feel so tired that you can't make a decision, uh, that just like compounds and gets worse over time. And like, you have to take care of your mental health. You have to make sure that you're like, keeping yourself healthy um, habit as a brand like really advocates for health and so it's also um, called habit and I'm sure you want that to be a good habit you know like putting SPF should be a good habit yeah yeah so yeah, I like have gotten better of like oh like sometimes you can't make a hundred decisions in a day and so you need to like delegate or kind of just say no to things and focus on where you can make a decision and that's tough because it's kind of a a resource question but I think that I've gotten better at it as I've gone along, but I still have my days where I'm like, you get to the end of the day, I'm like deciding what to eat or something. And I'm like, I literally just can't even. Literally the amount of times I'm just like at six o'clock and it ends up being nine o'clock. I'm like, still haven't figured it out. (laughs) I don't know what it's going to be like post pandemic, but I feel like even I used to love like dressing up, uh, like those were fun decisions for me. And like lately I'm just like, I can't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to pick an outfit. Like it's just too much mental strength. Girl, I am with you. I'm just like at this point, I'm just, I'm with you very hard on that one. As I'm literally, you're dressed nicely. I'm in sweatpants and a sweatshirt and don't plan to, don't plan to ever change to be quite honest. I wasn't sure if you were going to video record, so it's like, you got to dress up for her. You know, I find that so sweet of you, but you know, I also wanted this space to be a space where people could just speak freely. And, you know, I find that Instagram is awesome as it is. It's a highlight reel. And I learn, I personally could listen to podcasts all day long and I love listening to voices like I find it so therapeutic and I feel like I'm really talking to my friends so when I did this you know when I was talking to Samara she was like should should she be ready for a visual and I was like no because I that's just not my vibe and I respect people who totally do it but for me I'm like there's something so encompassing about not knowing someone's face or what they look like or what it is and then going and doing the research and then getting so deeply involved that you're like, oh, I'm ordering her. I'm ordering this of hers, that of hers. It's just, it, it like adds to the mystery of it all. And at the end of the day, I think what I want people to know most is to hear your voice and, you know, that to hear the message that's being said. Obviously, you're a beauty. That's no, no doubt about it. But that's for them to go ahead and stalk you now. That's, you know, that that's really my method of my madness is for you to think, oh, wow, she sounds really great. I bet she's really pretty. Now let me go deeper. Let me find out what her product is. Let me go here. Uh, well, you're a really great host. Thank um, you. Like I've done a couple of these and I, I'm like, never know what to expect with podcasts. Um, but yeah, you're a really great host. Like, Thank you. I really appreciate that. Okay, so what's the best piece of advice that's been given to you? 
Uh, this one's tough because I, I hate to be like cliche about it, but I actually I'm like this. No, is be probably- no be cliche because like that life is is a cliche. <laughs> this is one that I actually do find like often like I think about like during the day and then like put it into practice with the business. Um, is like I do think especially when you are an entrepreneur and like early stage, it often is better to ask for forgiveness than permission. I feel like that ends up holding a lot of people back. Um, with sunscreen, like it's a pretty uh I don't know, like everything with beauty and personal care kind of on the manufacturing and creation side is a pretty antiquated industry. Um, And so I feel like a lot of what I'm doing kind of in adding value to the way things are created is I will just like often ask questions out of my own kind of like stupidity. Not stupidity. (laughs) Being naive about the process. Um, but it ends up being like, oh, well, it's just good that there's like someone that's, you know, 31 asking these questions. It's actually kind of a different a set of questions that would have asked 20 years ago. Um, and, you know, as long as you're like not making crazy detrimental mistakes, <laughs> um, making mistakes from time to time is a learning process. And like sometimes you just kind of have to go for it. Uh, it's a little bit of a balance, but I do think that it's like, I'd rather make a mistake quickly and learn and maybe push the boundary a little bit versus um, perfectly like following the rules. <laughs> and I'm really glad that you did say that as your piece of advice. And I want everyone to know, I don't, I, did, I don't know any of your answers to anything. So it's not like I had any idea of that. But, you know, I think people are so scared to make mistakes and they don't realize that that's really you know, not to quote Ariana Grande, but thank you next. That was, you know, an anthem to, of learning, of, of making a mistake and moving onward and being thankful that you learned from that mistake because it only brought you to superstar, you know, uh, insanity. uh, Like, I mean, Ariana grew so big from that. And I only say that because I, whenever people hear thank you next, I'm like, yeah, because she made a mistake. And she's grateful for that mistake because it propelled her so far and further. And if you didn't make those mistakes in your life, how would you ever know? How would you like know? And I think that that's so great that you did say that because people are so scared to be like, you know what? I actually fucked up five times before this. And I'm like, just give me the nitty gritty. Tell me you fucked up 25 times. Um, I'm the biggest Ariana Fran. Ariana <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah, like, so you have to have your guardrails. Like, I will say this, like, I won't, uh, I am conscious of the fact that like I make sunscreen. I never want to jeopardize people's health. Like right. a lot of my guardrails are against that. So it's like, you know, cause no harm to people, make sure that we're doing things legally. Um, but once you kind of have your guardrails, um, like there's a lot of things like with how sunscreen is labeled, for example, that like I kind of asked weird questions about, I think with the partners that I'm working with. Um, and like, yes, sometimes, like I've messed things up sometimes yeah. it costs sometimes it costs time money to make mistakes but um if you can quickly kind of figure out how to turn that into right like a mistake you can kind of recharacterize it as like oh it's a development loop absolutely <laughs> that's literally I literally was gonna say development you like took the word right yeah. out right out of my <laughs> it's mouth a little development loop and um I, you, you can learn to just like take the positive from it not dwell on the mistake, take the learning. Um, I actually think it's really powerful to, to fail gracefully. 
Love that. Fail gracefully, guys. Okay. So what can we look forward to from Habit? I know you mentioned earlier that there's going to be more. So yeah. tell us all yeah. about that. <laughs> more products for sure. Um, so I'm super happy with the way that our mister has been received. I mean, uh, as you should be. <laughs> um, and like, yeah, like, to be honest, like, just again, COVID, like, things are super slow to develop right now. Right. So always planned on developing more than one product um we've had a lot of delays but i think now that the hopefully end is in sight um we'll be on a little bit of more of a cadence around development and product launches um so those are coming and then what i will say is that um my mission with habit and our goal is really to develop spf products that are going to surprise people and really force you to think about the category um, and hopefully your behavior, if you're not wearing SPF daily, um, to think about those things differently. Right. And so um, you're not going to really see boring SPF products from Habit. So we're never going to you know, do one of those traditional beach tubes <laughs> or something like that. Really, I'm really, um, really excited. I mean, I feel like, I, like I said earlier, I feel like as someone who, you know, I love taking care of my skin. I you can judge me based off of this uh, FaceTime right now, (laughs) totally. But I love taking care of my skin. I love gua shaing. I love facial oils. I love just like, I love my nighttime routine. You know, I really, really enjoy it. And I feel that if, you know, my morning starts with sunscreen always, but it wasn't always like that. And I think it's really amazing to, you know, I had Diana Cohen on here. I'm not sure from Crown Fair. Yeah. And she, Samara also works there too. And I had her because I became super enthralled in hair care over COVID and started doing scalp masks and all of these things. And I was like, wow, if only people cared more about like their hair and the follicles and the way that it's really going down. And I think a big part of that was how things were shown, how things were placed, how hair really does grow, how it does affect, how many follicles are, you know what I mean? And I feel like what you're gonna share with me I hope after we get off of this a little bit but what you're gonna share with the world is gonna enhance that idea of skincare but not just for facial oils and gua shaing but in a different sense in a sense that you're right does keep anti-aging does continue to like for me I consider that that would be like my daytime routine do you know what I mean like that would be my daytime as you know my nighttime is all my like random oils and this and that and what to get me in my vibe for the night like we need something to get us in the vibe for the daytime and that's something that I think is super magical and I think that we need more of that because right now on the market again I'm someone who goes to Sephora all the time and there's not enough there's just there's literally just not enough and I don't wear like I told you I don't wear makeup so I'm not here for the tinted moisturizer that has SPF in it that I think is great for people but I'm not here for that crucial uh, yeah again I think we are just in the beginning um the crucial to any skincare routine is SPF um I would even like make the big bold bet that uh 10 years from now like it's mostly just going to be around SPF um skincare um but yeah like there's I kind of like tried to draw the comparison to like like taking care of your teeth right like there's just things that you have to do like that is kind of like even beyond um what feels good or what might relax you like you have to brush your teeth at the end of the day of course and if you don't you're just gross (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> SPF is like habit. We really like try to elevate your experience and we make the application as easy as possible and as nice as possible. But like SPF as a concept is like one of those things that you like have to do <laughs> for your health. Um, and so I think it's like a little bit of a, a shift that's coming in mindset and we hope to be part of it. <laughs> I know you're going to be part of it. Okay, so the last thing I have for you is what do you want the listeners to take away from this interview? Yes. Um, well, use SPF. Well, of course. <laughs> Twice a day, if possible. I, I'll drill that, like, toothpaste comparison again. Like, if you're brushing your teeth once a day, you know, like, hopefully you're doing it again at night, morning and night, you should be using SPF, hopefully morning and midday. Um, and yeah, like skin aging, I think is optional. Um, I think that we, like, I almost look at SPF as a little bit of a health hack. Um, it really is super effective, super proven. Um, and it really does block out against the number one driver of aging. Um, and so I think that there's things that we kind of take as, you know, like we take for granted that skin aging is going to happen, but I, I would like urge everyone to reconsider that dynamic and, um, hack their health a little bit with SPF. Totally. And I think also knowing that, you know, I feel like a lot of people, as we were talking about before Americans, they love instant results. They will go on vacation. They want to be instantly tan. It's like, it's, it's not about the instant result. It's about the long-term effect. And I, I think that that's so important that you brought that up even at age 19 and then circling back to age 25 and now being 31. Those are all crazy different milestones of life. And I think, I hope people realize in that that it's totally time to take, to realize one, we don't need instant. We don't need instant gratification. If you're going on vacation, go on vacation for the fun of it, not to roast your skin. Do it because, you know what I mean? I feel like we get so caught up in this idea that I, oh, I went to the Bahamas. Oh, you did? I have no idea. You look you look the exact same. And it's like, it doesn't matter how I look. I had a great time. <laughs> I think, too, that, and this is another, I forgot to mention this, but this is another thing that really, like, we're already kind of doing it, right? Like, I do think that, like, millennial, Gen Z, like, we're preventative generation already. Like, we do it with fitness. Yeah. We, with the, the food that we eat. Um, I don't think we're doing it with skincare truly <laughs> yet, but we like already know, we already know how to be preventative. And so it's just time to apply that to skin. And you know what? I actually do think, well, I'm saying kids, um, kids these days, you know, when I think of like Addison Ray and these kids who are starting these beauty lines, I feel like they are getting an inside look to like what skin aging and all of that is. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if like in their next, I ju I'm just using Addison as a, as a as an example, I don't even know what her, I think it's item beauty, but I could so see them next thing being the next thing. Like I think Ky yes, Kylie skin, she started to put SPF in her products. And I do think that the younger generation is seeing that. I agree. Um, I think that is one thing that I've like learned with habit. It's like, uh, sometimes the argument for SPF is a little bit easier to make with people that are like late teens, early twenties. Right. <laughs> Which is a little surprising right. sometimes, but, uh, I think it's good. It's just like kind of shows that the education level is starting to be there. Um, and that 
like, I don't, I, I do think like this, it's going to be a massive shift in the next decade. Um, I do too. I like 2010s was dominated by a lot of, um, like superficial type it was, of beauty. tanning salon. That's why I mentioned my tanning salon experience because I was like, I don't know one person, anyone can lie, I don't know one person that I know of, even a male, who didn't try tanning once in their life. It had I, a tanning I never bed. tried tan. I did a spray tan once. It didn't work so well. Okay, so you might be the only person that I've met now, but honestly, truly, men, women, whoever you are, however you identify yourself, I feel at some point everyone has listen there is no better feeling than being than feeling alive than looking and feeling alive and I think that's where I'm gonna end this is that just remember that you don't have to be tan you don't have to be olive skinned you don't have to roast yourself in the sun to feel alive or look alive what really is alive is gonna show when you're 35 years old and I think that's something that we all forget myself included all the time and you know I really 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 Ty appreciate you just taking the time to really break it down I'm so insanely like I'm glad I stalked you and I'm glad I got to read about the everything from Vogue to Zoe Report because I don't think it's that often that you know people start a brand and huge publications speak on them and say that this is always going to be something that's in our in our uh to-go bag or that will always be carried by our makeup artists when they're on set and that's a big deal and I think you know you're also leading not even just with the fashion world but by that model who uses that will then go buy that product that model who may be a mother will then go take it to use to give to her children. It's like a chain effect. And I think, I don't know if you realize what you created is such an amazing chain effect that will affect everybody in such a beautiful, impactful way. It is awesome when we have taken someone that previously was not using SPF and they and they now are using it. Like that is a, a really awesome feeling. <laughs> it is. And it's like, it's like you change someone's routine, you know? And that's a lot to change for, like for me, I'm super OCD. So like adding something new it's actually exciting for me, but for some people, they're like, what? Mm-mm, mm-mm. But I think what you started and how you started it, and I think even though you started it at a really challenging time, I think honestly, that's what's made you so successful because I think during this time is a time where a lot of people did get introspective about their, like I was talking to you about my hair, like you start thinking about things that you just like didn't maybe have the time to think about. And I think you really like nailed it down and you know even when trying to buy your product I couldn't even buy it and I was like that's I, I didn't even know you yet but I was like that's my girl sold out what up everyone you can't even get it but no it's so it's so cool and I just think you know you've been such a delight to talk to even before when we were talking about life and you know I think that as an owner of a company it's really important to be able to talk about all aspects of anything and you were nothing but like amazingly lovely I was having a few complications before and she was like let's do it another time I'm like no no it's happening and I just find you to be like a true delight a joy and just so smart and you make me want to keep you make you make me want to keep my bucket hat on and over my eyes and you know really covered and I can't wait to try habit myself. Like I'm super, super, okay, super stoked. Um, Absolutely, I'm super stoked. And you have to try it. any any final words for us? 
Um, no, just like, thank you everyone wear SPF, please. I hope that you take that away from this, but yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been a delightful conversation. Um, and yeah, thanks for making it such a smooth process and for being such an awesome host. Of course, Ty, thank you so much for coming on the vibe and everyone have a beautiful vibey day.